distracting things in the world to deal with is opposition. It doesn't matter where it comes from or what the cause. Opposition has a way of taking our attention away from things that matter most. It usually manifests in the form of a person. Sometimes it can be a physical obstruction, but in most instances, it's a person. Someone who adversely affects our lives in such a manner that we feel like letting them have a piece of our minds. <laughs> it's human nature to get frustrated with those kinds of people. As a matter of fact, we call them enemies. What a label, what a title to give a person made in the image of God. However, when a fellow person who is actively opposed or hostile to us or some process in our lives, we give them the title of enemy. See, sometimes we can't tell, you know, who's for us or who's against us. It takes time to flesh out the details. But whatever the case, what we're really saying about the person is that they are doing stuff that doesn't fit into our plan for a peaceful life. The up, But, but listen to me, y'all. The upside of an enemy is they make us take inventory of who we are, what we're doing and why. They make us examine our actions and our intentions because by nature of their presence and opposition, we must be doing something that causes them to antagonize us in the first place. Otherwise, they wouldn't be there. The other good thing about an enemy is they create a climate for us to be thankful for good days. Times when we were at peace with the world and the circumstances of our lives. Peace takes on a whole new appreciation when you don't have conflict. Can I get an amen out there? And thirdly, they offer opportunities to see God do something that could not otherwise been accomplished had it not been for their presence. And listen to me, just because you have enemies adversely attacking you does not mean that God is absent. It only means that God is training you. Just because God is leading you and protecting you does not mean that the enemy will not try and frustrate you. He knows that God has blessed you with green pastures, led you beside still waters, restored your soul, led you in right paths for his namesake. He also knows that no matter where you go, God, the great shepherd will be with you, whether that is in the valley where death is looming or the place where evil is thriving. You are not alone. But here is where the rubber meets the road. We know God is with us, but listen, we must be confident that in situations that are abjectly against us, even there, God is still working something out for our good. This is where Psalms 23 verse 5 speaks so well. It says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Now, given the enemies David had in his life, this statement does not come haphazardly or accidentally. It has been tried and tested as true. You see, the Philistines hated him because he slayed their heroic warrior, Goliath. Saul despised him for being too popular and then chased him all over God's creation for being his replacement. Yet he says of God that he was his shepherd. And out of the shepherding, he would prepare a table for him in the presence of his enemies. The implication is that God would always tend to us in every situation. This is a commitment to our blessed status as children of God. No situation can hinder the provisionary hand of God for his people. He is not bound by time or space. God does not only bless in the good times, but listen, but will bless despite the bad. And he'll do it in the presence of those who mean you ill will. When you hear of the table in scripture, 
you know, the idea that he'll sit, he'll prepare a table before you. This idea in scripture is a powerful metaphor and physical representation of God's decision to be with us. See, in modern times, we don't see it the same way. We'll eat with just about anybody. The meal's free, the good, shuck, let's eat. But in biblical times, you only ate with people that you had some sort of tie or emotional connection to. To be at table was to be invited. So what the text is saying practically is that God invites us to sit at table with him in the face of that which would cause us harm just to say to the situation of person we call our enemy, you can't stop what I am going to do for that which belongs to me. God says you are mine and you are in my care. Our struggle as people is realizing that we are welcome even when the world says we are not. They say what we are or what we are not disqualifies us from the Lord's table. However, God invites us anyway because of his mercy and love. Now, out of being invited to sit at the Lord's table during crisis, God not only fed David, but anoints his head with oil. Now, this imagery is powerful. David sees the Lord sitting him down at a banquet table, feeding him with the provisions of his house and then anointing him with oil. It was it was customary to anoint a guest with costly perfume when they came to visit, which represented the host commitment to making them feel welcome in their house. Anointing also represented the idea of being endorsed by the one who did the inviting. So when we hear it on the other side of the cross, we know that God lavished on us the aroma of Christ and endorsed us through his death, then placed the Holy Spirit inside of us to empower what he did. This was not done in private, but in the face of our greatest enemy. Satan was served. Satan was served. Notice that we belong to God and God always takes care of and tends to his own children. Because of Jesus, we stand in every situation and circumstances, listen, anointed and appointed. So much so that our cup runs over. The blessings of God are overflowing. Listen, listen to this. When the guests entered the house, the idea of perfume and wine was a symbol of there being nothing that was too good for the guest that was invited. In the case of David, he says his cup was running over, which implies that God gives more than he needs. While God is a God of just enough, he is really a God of more than enough. How many times has God not only given what you ask for, but more than you ask for? And he did it in times when you should have been failing. How many times? Has God given you joy when you should have been crying or given you peace when everything around you was in chaos or loved you when it seemed everyone else had walked away? This is the bounty of the Lord's table. We always dine sumptuously. He prepares it before us in the presence of our enemies, inviting us to sit down and enjoy the feast while endorsing our lives despite the circumstances, reminding us that we are not alone. Now, if that's not blessed, then I don't know what is. All I can say is, oh, praise the name of the Lord our God. Oh, praise his name forevermore. For endless days we will sing your praise. 
oh Lord, oh Lord, our God. I'm Dr. Alvin Summers, pastor of East Campus of First Baptist Church, Indian Trail, Marshfield, North Carolina, and you've been listening to Soul Food.